Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. I want to start by telling you I believe this season is very strategic for the church. And what I mean by that is exactly what it says up here, that you may believe. We're going to look at the miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John over the next several weeks. And uh, before we do that, I want to take you back to the prophet Jeremiah, thousands and thousands of years ago, where Jeremiah is worshiping God. He's uh, raising a hallelujah, so to speak, to the Lord. He says, "Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too what? It is too hard for you. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty. Great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. You perform signs and wonders. It almost sounds like New Testament. It almost sounds like the falling of the Holy Spirit, signs and, and wonders. But Jeremiah recognizes that the way that Israel was delivered from Egypt was because of signs and wonders. In Israel and among all mankind, you, you've gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people, Israel, out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and outstretched arm. But then the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah. And now God asks Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of mankind. And he asks them this question, is anything too hard for me? Now earlier in the verses that we read, he's praising God and saying, you can do anything. There's nothing too hard for you. Well, the situation goes from bad to worse around Jeremiah. The people of Israel are all the more defiant against God. And so now God asked Jeremiah, do you still believe what you said? You ever had that happen to you? Well, how about this? I raise a hallelujah. And now it's Wednesday, 10 a.m. And you don't feel any hallelujah-ish at all. And, and will you still say, I'm going to raise a hallelujah in the, in the presence of my enemy? In the midst of defeat, I'm going to say there's life. In the, in the midst of doubt, I'm going to stop for a moment and say that there, there's faith and there's, there's hope. In John 20, verse 31, this will be our main theme. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. My hope and prayer is that as we go through this series, that there'll be a lot of life that will come because our faith will be rising up. I just would ask this question. You don't need to respond. But what would your faith be ranked at today? Ten would be God can do anything, and I, I, I so trust him. Uh, five would be I'm not too sure, and zero would be like, I got no faith at all. Nada. I, just, just gauge yourself for a moment. What would your faith be at today? And maybe in light of the situations and circumstances that you are facing, do you still believe in miracles? Do you still believe in supernatural intervention? The God who can bend the direction of history the God who intervenes, the God who shows up in an ICU or an ER. And it's not just the luck of the draw or the luck of the roll of the dice, or it's not just good fortune, or I was at the right place at the right time. It was that God did something in me and through me and for me that I could not have done on my own. We long for a God who isn't strapped with or governed by the laws of nature. We long to believe in a God who is unstoppable, who is unequaled by anyone. And at the same time, I would stop and say, when I say believe in miracles, somebody's already going to be thinking about, probably you have, 
But what about all the nut job faith healers out there in the world, the charismaniacs who kind of mess it up for all of us? A couple of weeks ago, one of the very prominent world-renowned uh, faith healers stopped and said, you know what? Uh, my prosperity gospel is now an abomination to God. I should have never been asking people for money if they wanted to be healed. And uh, some have skeptics have come out and said, well, he probably said that because he's losing his market share and has to change his message. You probably saw years ago on uh, ABC where, where there was a faith healer who used to call people's names out and said, Jane, Jane, you're here with the, with the back problem, the lower back, and, and you know, disc number 49, you know, he, he knew exactly where it was, and you've had this part of your body fused, and people go, whoa, what a miracle, and then somebody from ABC had a receiver where they could hear his wife calling out to him to a hidden earpiece in his ear calling the names of people and their reason to be healed. Actually, what she did was stand in the back as people gathered in, and she would say, why are you here? What are you believing for? Well, my name's Jane. I'm from, uh, from Missouri, and, and I, my, my back. And so she'd write down, Jane from Missouri, my back. And he would call it out to him. Her name is Jane. She's from Missouri. And ABC received that recording and played it. And then when they confronted the faith healer about it, he rebuked them for confronting the man of faith and power. Or somebody says, uh, if you call in, you can get River Jordan water, and you find out that the water was bottled in Monrovia, California. All of these are true. The skeptics, because of the handkerchiefs, or the person who throws his coat, and people are slain in the spirit. Can I just apologize for any of that that you've seen? And just tell you, don't look at men and women as the answer of whether or not God still does miracles. Look in the face of God. By the way, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you know that you know that God has saved you and marked your eternity to be with him because of Christ? You're saved. Look, 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 look all around. All of you have received a miracle. The greatest miracle is not someone rising from the dead, though, though it is great. The greatest miracle is not somebody having their cancer reversed. The greatest miracle is not somebody who's underqualified getting a job that they shouldn't be qualified for and making all kinds of money. The greatest miracle is not someone who, who all of a sudden rises up and prays for sick people and they get healed. The greatest miracle is when you have your eternity changed from eternal damnation to eternal life. That's a great miracle. And I know we live in the here and now, and I know everything, but what about today? I stubbed my toe this morning on the coffee table. Where was God then? You know, I went out to the car, and the car didn't start. The battery was dead. Where's God in, in that miracle? And if that's where you place all your miracles and, and faith in God, that's limiting. But the fact that all of these people around here, in, a, in the last couple months, over 45 people through both services here and through kids' ministries, probably another 30 kids, uh, I was watching online. I wasn't here that first night for, for our basic element VBS, but about 30 kids went over by this cross to give their lives to Jesus. And, and somebody said, well, you know, kids are kids. They'll follow anybody. Well, okay, good. Then let's say half of those came to Jesus for the first time. That's 15 plus another 45 here. That's a ton of folk in the last few months in a church. Yeah. So we should all be celebrating and singing hallelujah because of what God has done. But, but, but in this season of of these messages, I just wonder if God would not want us to raise our faith and say, there is nothing too hard for God. That's right. That's right. And sometimes he may 
He may take away the pain of the stub toe. Sometimes he may reverse cancer. Sometimes he may heal somebody that you know miraculously. But sometimes he may just heal your marriage. Where two people haven't gotten along in 20 years or 10 years, they become roommates rather than lovers. Come on. They sleep in separate rooms or he sleeps in the garage. I know a couple like this. And all of a sudden, God begins to do a miracle in their relationship. Or two people who say, I never want to see you again, all of a sudden have an encounter with Christ and Christ becomes their center and they they become friends again. Or a company that just can't find its way out of the mud and is about to close its doors and all of a sudden God does a miracle for them. So don't limit miracles to he raises the dead, though he can. Anybody saw the movie Breakthrough? Good, three people. That's, that's great. Well, anyway, it was a great movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I wept, and it's a true story. Um, there were six doctors that af- actually signed affidavits, put their careers on the line, and said this boy was dead over an hour. And his mother walks into the ICU. He's flatlined, and she shouts at the top of her lungs. They wanted to actually sedate her and put her in a straitjacket. They thought she was nuts. The shock of hearing her son was dead. And she screams at the top of her lungs, Holy Spirit, wake him up. And within a few seconds, the machine started beeping and his heart started coming back. And somebody skeptic said, well, you know, you're, you can actually have vital signs that could be undetected. I, I'm sure, I guess. A million dollars worth of equipment couldn't detect it. Six doctors signed affidavits and couldn't detect it, and the kid comes back to life. And then somebody's going to say, yeah, but my, my husband died. We prayed over him too. I don't get it. By the way, if anybody says they understand the way God moves in the miraculous, tell them they're full of you know what. And many of you know my story. I have a 41-year-old daughter who's special needs. I pray over her every night and every morning. And I still believe in the miracle power of God. Because I prayed for other people and they've gotten healed. I prayed for other people, I got sick. <laughs> if you think you've got God figured out this side of heaven, you've got a problem. But, but, but what about me shaking up your faith a little bit? To say this, Matthew 4, 24, news about him spread all over Syria, about Jesus. And people brought him to him. All who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, and those paralyzed, and he, Matthew 8, 26, he replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was, yeah, Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight, and they followed him, John 6, 19. And when they had rowed out about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat walking on water. Pretty cool. And they worshiped him and sang hallelujah. No, they were scared. They were frightened. At Mark 6, 56, and wherever he went into villages, towns, or countrysides, they placed the sick in the marketplaces, and they begged him to let, him, uh, let them touch even the edge of his cloak or the hem of his garment, and all who touched him were healed. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And then John 21, 15, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus did stuff we don't know about. But listen, 
The miracles were not a marginal story of Jesus, a side story. They were who he was. God in the flesh, the miraculous identity of God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Number one, Jesus performed miracles in his day. Come on. And the enemies could not discount his miraculous deeds. They could not prove he was a con man. He wore no little earpiece. He had no snake oil. He had no holy water. He healed people who suffered from all kinds of ailments, and no one could call him a hoax. Lots of people said things about Jesus, but nobody said, oh, no, 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 those miracles aren't real, because they saw lepers with leprosy all over their skin, and all of a sudden they encounter Christ, and as the lepers are walking to the priest so they can get a letter that says they are now clean and can enter society again and can go back to the synagogue and worship God again, as they were going, they were healed. People saw those lepers. People knew about blind Bartimaeus. People knew about the lame man by the pool. People knew about the lady with 12 years, the issue of blood. These are real people in real situations that real people saw. And in Acts 2.22, Peter stands up and preaches to thousands of people. We don't know how many for sure, but 3,000 people that day got saved and all wanted to get baptized. Could you imagine if that happened here? They'd rip all this stuff down. Get rid of the plants. The baptism was under here, you know. We're going to baptize. Let's just say 10%. You know, we're going to baptize 300 people in one day. We will be here past dinner. Oh, wouldn't that be great? The line out the door. We want to get baptized. Why? Because we heard the teaching about Jesus. And fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by? By wonders and by signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. By the way, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, he's preaching to thousands of people, 50 days. All those people in the crowd knew about Jesus or saw him firsthand. All those people in the crowd, hey, can you imagine the lepers? We're raising our hands. Well, I sing a hallelujah. I used to have leprosy. I sing a hallelujah, Jesus, now he lives in me. That's pretty good. I just made that up. And <laughs> the lame are standing there. Hey, Peter, we're listening to you. You know why I can stand up, Peter? Because Jesus healed my legs. The blind man, wow, Peter, you look good up there. I never imagined you'd look like this. But after Jesus healed me and I could see, I can see you preaching. Just think about all the people that Jesus touched. Somebody says, hey, greet your neighbor. Maybe, maybe Peter had greeting. I don't know. Turn to your neighbor. Hey, what do you know about Jesus? Oh, man, we were on the hillside. We were hungry. This little kid had a brown bag lunch, some sardines, and some donut holes. Well, little, little pawn, you know, panini. And Jesus broke it and gave it to the disciples. Listen, I was there and I watched the fish, never-ending fish, never-ending bread. I, I saw the miracle of Jesus. See, Peter's sermon had three points. It was miracles, wonders, and signs. Miracles, wonders, and signs. A miracle is the word dunamis, where we get dynamite from. It's explosive. And it's so explosive that it causes us to move to, to wonder and awe to go, wow, Lord, look at the wonders 
that you have done. And then it causes us to move to signs. You know what signs are? Signs are things that point the way on the roadway, right? Exit here, go here, go. Don't, don't you turn here, but you can you turn here. And all of the miracles of Jesus were to point to God, the signs of God. Whatever I see the Father doing, that's what I do. Whatever I hear the Father saying, that's what I do. Mark 6, 51. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed. Here's a question. When was the last time you were moved to wonder and amazement by anything about Jesus? Especially you Christians that have been saved more than 10 years. When was the last time you were, you were, you were moved by the wonder? Can, can I tell you the last time? When I was standing next to Tyler. Because I remember that kid coming to our church. I remember that guy with the little Boy Scout thing <laughs> sitting across from me. And how God has used his life. That's a wonder to me. It is. He went to Bible college, got his degree, and here he is serving. You're like, oh, that's just Tyler. No, 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 that's a wonder. That's a wonder to me. Or I, I think about people in church. I, I won't point people out, but last service, I saw these two guys here. It was their first time in church. If you knew their story, the last place they would be found is in a church. That's a wonder to me. God's been drawing them to himself. And the kinds of questions that, 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 that people ask and and for the first time, people show up. See, the silence of anyone against Christ was louder than the sermon of Peter. No one said a word. You yourselves know the miracles of Jesus. And nobody says, he was a hoax. The leprosy, it, 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 it's, it's a rubber thing I put on my arm to pretend like I'm not a leper. No. I really can't see. I'm just pretending I can't. No. These are not plants. These are not setups. Jesus went around doing good and doing miracles. And we could preach about Christ all day long, but we must have our faith grow in such a way that we say, my Savior can do anything. My Savior can do more than I could ask or think. John 14, 12, very truly I say to you, or I tell you, whoever, what? Believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Has anyone ever read this in the Gospel of John and wrestled with it? Not just read it and go, okay, done. Have you ever read this and let it kind of percolate in your soul? Jesus says, Jesus says, not Peter, not James, not John, not Pastor B. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. I stop there and I go, Lord God, that's an enormous verse. That's an overwhelming statement. And then, then, come on, Jesus, are you kidding me? And they will do even greater things. Okay, the theologians say, well, greater in quantity because there's more of you than there is of one Jesus. And Jesus in the flesh was not omnipresent. Now by the Spirit, he's, he's, he's omnipresent. Some theologians say that. Others, others believe this, just greater. What do you mean greater? Well, you'll heal people too through you. You'll, you'll become a partner in the miracles. You'll lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. And you go, oh, I, that's too much theology for me. I can't, I can't, I can't handle that. But what if in this season, God wants to stir your faith in such a way, not that you'll become a kook, 
But here's what I know. You can believe with me or not. The county of Santa Barbara is desperate to see an authentic representation of Jesus Christ lived in and through people around them. The people in our community, desperate. The people that serve in our schools, our cops, our firemen, the people that work in the ER, the people that work in landscape, the people that work in construction, the people that serve our military out on the base, that serve our country through our military, they are desperate. Not for somebody to stand up with a bullhorn and say, turn or burn, the end is near. Now, for some people, they do that. I got yelled at a few weeks ago. I was at the corner of 8th Street, and these guys were preaching out there, hey, you need to get saved. You need to get saved now. I roll my window, I am. <laughs> I mean, good. And I, and, and, and I love the zeal of their faith. I'm not against that. But I don't know if that's what our community needs to see as much as the compassion of Christ lived out. As much as a leader, as much as a teacher, as much as a neighbor, loving, loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving their neighbor as their self, that's a supernatural thing in itself. Because why? We're selfish by nature. We were born selfish. Babies are born grabbing. Feed me. Take care of me. Right? I want food. More, more, more. Mine, mine, mine. I saw a kid the other day in a, in a stroller with mom's cell phone. The phone was ringing. The kid was being pacified by technology. The phone was ringing. Mom said, give me the phone. And the kid said in this loud, you're going to hear me roar. No! Mom's trying to get the call. This two-and-a-half-year-old kid said, no way. And guess what mom did? Walked away. Yeah. The miracle would have been, yes, mother, here is your phone. <laughs> Selfishness has died on the cross. I've resurrected a newness of life. I'm not what I was intended to be. You know what I mean? Well, what about miracles? Well, number two, Jesus still performs miracles today. He does. And maybe the mightiest miracle is just you knowing that you're loved by God. That's a mighty miracle, especially if you fight insecurity. Maybe the overwhelming miracle is just that you have a, a, a day of peace and calm when your life's all about anxiety. Maybe, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just the assurance that God could use you. See, here's what I believe. Hebrews 13.8. By the way, it's a four-square verse. It's kind of like our mantra. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, I've read the books by the theologians who say the miracles of Jesus and the miracles and gifts of the Spirit are not for today. And I don't have, listen, I'm not a deep theologian. I don't have a PhD in theology or New Testament or prison epistles, but I've studied the scriptures and I've asked those that do. There's no proof text that says all the miracles of God died when the apostles died. Now, you might go, well, Dr. such-and-such says, and he's got a church of 28,000. Sure. Where's the proof text? I have a text that Jesus says, greater works than I did, you'll do. And I have a proof text that says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it doesn't say, and no one else will have a miracle. It just says that he's the same. He's saving like he was. He, he wants people healed like, like he did. But what about my friend who didn't get healed? Remember my answer? I don't know. I don't know. If somebody tells you they can explain the workings of God, this side of heaven, tell them they're full of you know what? Baloney. They're full of baloney. 
Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, if you're saved, and those of you who raised your hands earlier, Christ lives in you. If he lives in you, what are you going to tell him? Well, I'm sorry, you live in me. You can only do what you did back then, which means you can't do anything today except save me, which is a miracle, but that's it. You can't speak to me because the apostles are dead. You, you can't fill me with your spirit to do gifts, to, to have signs and wonders. You, you can't fill me with, 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 with worship or with wisdom or with hospitality. All of that, it's, you're off limits. And Jesus would say, um, where is it written, number one? And number two, here's, here's just my, for this season that we're in, don't you dare limit me. Don't you dare say, well, that kid, you know, my grandson, he's a lost cause. You know, I have, I have people in this community that I know, not even in this church, whose, whose kids live in the riverbed. Uh, there are people that, uh, you know, one, one lady that I know, her uh, son lives in his car and, uh, and is a meth addict. And uh, she, whenever I encounter her, she says, I, I, I believe that God can still redeem him. And it's cool. But his brother that I also know says, well, not, Jesus hasn't done it yet, therefore Jesus never will. Now, I don't rouse his faith up and say, well, you, you have little faith. I, here's what I say. I understand how you feel, and I will never deny you the right to basic human emotion because God made you to care about your brother. Or God even made you to say, I, I got to let him go. And sometimes we need to let people go to the Lord. Just that, but you got to decide when that is. That's not me. That's not me to decide. But listen, the Christian is a person in whom Christ is happening. He happens in us. And wherever we go, that's where Jesus wants to be. I can't understand why some people want help and others don't. There are people in this community who have been offered help. They say, no, thank you. I'm on my own. I, I want to live in the bushes. I, 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 don't, I don't get all of it. And I know... Mental health and homelessness is bigger than any of us can comprehend right now. If you think it's big here, go to Los Angeles. Uh, my friend Tom Hughes in Eagle Rock says within a 10-mile radius of his church, there's about 6,400 homeless people. And if you've ever been in a bridge under, uh, underpass, sometimes there's two and 300 people living under one bridge. Do we have the answer for that? I certainly don't. I think it's a great conversation to have, and we should have compassion. We can do what we can. We should do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. But don't deny the fact that Christ still lives in us. Paul says, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives where? where but Christ, you live in me, but don't do what you've done before. I don't want it to be done here. No, I want you to do whatever you want to do in me. I want you to work through me. I want to be a part of, of, of the miracles that you are doing even now and, and in today. I love Philippians 2.5. In your relationships, here's another miracle with one another. Have the same as Christ. Listen, when Christ can take your mind and make it like his mind, that's a miracle. When you can start seeing your loved ones around you with the mind and the heart of Christ, that's a miracle. The miracle is thinking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, being like Jesus. John 14, 12, again, 
Whoever believes in me will do works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. A big question is, do you see ministry as something you are doing for God or something God is doing through you? I see the latter. Because listen, I can't do ministry like I need to do ministry. This church outgrew me a long, long time ago. They say the average pastor can pastor about 100 to 150 people. So when we have like 749 like a week ago or 736 or 807, can you imagine that? Can you imagine all 800 people call me the same day or the same month? <clears throat> Sometimes it happens, sorry. But I know that Jesus can do ministry through me and I'm just partnering with him to say, Lord, what do you want me to do for you and how can it be done? He says, I will build my church and here's something that I know. He will use Christ in us and the power of the Holy Spirit to do that very thing. Did you know that all of the miracles in Acts, there are 40 of them recorded in the book of Acts, the early church, 39 of them were done outside the church. 39 of them were done in workplaces, in neighborhoods, in marketplaces. Somebody says, well, is the Lord still relevant today? Are miracles still relevant today? Well, the Holy Spirit appears 59 times in the book of Acts. In 36 of those appearances, he's speaking to people. You think he stopped speaking today? Paul says, says in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, brothers and sisters, I don't want you ignorant to the voice of God. I want you to know that he's not a dumb idol or a mute idol. He speaks to us. This is the Apostle Paul. By the way, the Apostle Paul is more trusted than some theologian somewhere you know, in America. The, the, the truth of the matter is that God is still doing miracles. Let me tell you what a miracle is. A miracle is a work done by God for a godly purpose. A miracle is a work done by God through his people. A miracle is the presence of God in our midst, a whisper, a nudge, a still small voice, some kind of conviction that says somebody needs to do something about that. And God's saying, you are the somebody. I'm going to do it through, through you. A miracle reminds us that there is more to life than what we see and know. Isn't that great? The fruit of a miracle moves us to being in awe, moving us in wonder. It fuels our gratitude and our worship. A miracle is God interrupting with the inexplicable act to give himself glory and to provide comfort for his child. I've had people tell me, if you just had more faith, you'd have a miracle. And I'm going, I got all the faith I can muster right now. You mean God has a, a gauge? Kind of like when you, when, in the carnival, you hit that little lever and the bell is going to ring if you hit it hard enough? Is God that way, Really? Somebody else told me, you need to pray and fast, and sometimes you do. Somebody else said, you just need to pray fast. <laughs> so let me ask you a question before we pray fast. Would I be open to a miracle happening for myself? Just a question as we go through this series. Would you be open to a miracle happening for yourself? Would I be open to contending for a miracle happening for someone else? Oh, pastor, I prayed for 10 years. I'm done. Would you, reap, would you pray some more? Would you believe some more? And would you even say to God, Lord, if you want to do the miracle through me, I'm more than willing. And would I be willing to be a part of a miracle? Jesus never declared miracles to rain down on people. Once he turned the, the bread and the fish into more, 
He gave it to the disciples, and the disciples fed the multitude. There was participation. Jesus comes to Lazarus. You remember? Lazarus, come forth. We know that story. And Lazarus came out hopping in great clothes. But, but, but some people miss this part of the miracle. He tells Mary and Martha, would you guys roll the stone away? I want you to participate in the miracle. Hey, lepers, I want to cleanse you, but as you go to the priest, I want you to participate in the miracle. What if God wants you to participate in the miracle? All you need to do is have some faith and say, Christ, you live in me. You're the hope of glory. Would you be open to a miracle? I think of our community being desperate to see God's love and grace. We've got two big events coming up. And let me just tell you, I'm not worried. I'm just a little nervous. There's a difference. Because October 31st, you've heard me say it, and November 1st are back-to-back. We've got the Halloween night that we call Harvest, and then we've got the big game, post-game party, our 26th year. It's going to take lots of volunteers. And part of the thing is, it's a miracle that I'm praying for, because we have lots of new people from... Uh, from different parts of the country who've come in. We've got people that are new from our military. We've got people that uh, come from other churches who don't do big parties. So this is a new thing for them. I had one lady say, our church, is that we don't do parties. But what, what, what's that like? I said, just sign up and show up. <laughs> well, can you explain to me all about the party? I can't really. Go on Flickr and look at our pictures. Uh, 1,500 high school kids will show up. What about the miracle of you looking in their eyes and showing them that they matter to God? Or we even have a prayer tent where students could get prayed for. What about you praying for a student who doesn't have love in their home? Or one girl I remember uh, at, at the party uh, was living with her grandmother because her parents abandoned her, and we got to give her tons of cotton candy and sugar and put her arms around her and say, we're so glad you're here. If anything in your life, just know that people value and love you enough to put on this, this party for you. It, it, it meant a world, world of difference to her. And so I'm a little anxious, a little bit, just a little bit, that we'll have enough people to cover both nights back to back. There's a lot of heavy lifting and there's a lot of light lifting. And some lady said, well, I go to bed at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> I go, good, good. The party's going on Halloween night. We start, come down at 5, you can leave at 7.45 and be in bed by (laughs) 8. The miracles of God through loving and and serving and making a difference. We do not know everything about God's will and way, but we trust God as he helps us learn. So here's, here's your pastor's heart. In this season, as we study the miracles of the Lord, could he raise our faith? Could he raise us to believe that God can do more through us individually and as families and then more as a church to reach this community with Jesus. I still believe the gospel transforms lives and is the message we must preach at all costs. I still believe that. The greatest miracle. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.